Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 229. Um, and this is an episode I've been hyping for a bit as it's one of my favourite ones I've recorded. Um, my guest this week is Angel Jeffria, and it's a fantastic one. You may not be aware of Angel at present, but by the end of this, you're going to be very aware and absolutely blown away um, as she reveals that... She, or how she lives with a robotic arm and why she identifies as a cyborg in fact but i'm kind of gonna uh, uh, let her explain it all rather than ramble on too much here but i do have, have plenty else to ramble about fear not as many of you know i launched um a patreon for me and for the podcast last a couple of weeks ago and anyone who's joined it's only atp or one dollar i don't have any other tiers i've now learned you can put more if you want which has been absolutely lovely because loads of people have but it's that much per month and last week i did a whole week only using the patreon so i didn't use twitter instagram or facebook i'm back on all of them now it's okay but it was kind of fascinating because i did it as a partly as a promotional thing initially obviously and partly to kind of get my head around what patreon was and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because, yeah, it was weird. I'll, I'll tell you the things I did on there. And you can still join now and look. I revealed, because last week I recorded four podcasts of my own and guested on two other podcasts. And I went to a screening and I had an audition and I had two meetings. So, so it was a hectic week. Six podcasts, two meetings, a screening and an audition. But what I did was I kind of used the patron as a bit of a diary. So I I posted pictures of every of 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 the new podcast guests that that are to come, and these these won't be out or announced for until they come out in general. So, so, so you can go on there and look at that. I also did a Q and A, which was re- really good fun. But the thing that I found different about it, and I've done a post about it on um, on social media since I've come back, but it felt really relaxed and personal and nice because there's about four or 500 people on there rather than the 120,000 on that I have followed me on, on, um, on Twitter, the, the, the 50 odd thousand on Instagram, the, the 90 odd thousand on Facebook and so on and so forth. So it felt more intimate because of that, but also it felt like a more free place to discuss things. And let me explain that. Now, I think probably everyone that follows me on Twitter or, or whatever social media is probably lovely, except the bots. If there's some bots on there, then they're idiots. But other than that, they're probably all lovely. So, so it's not that I don't feel comfortable talking to you guys, but I do feel I've reined in some of my social media output for my own mental health because... It's not you guys. So, for example, on Facebook, if I post something and it's political or or it's making a statement of some sort, and one of you lovely lot, even if you just click like, that then goes on your timeline. And that kid that you're, for some reason, still friends with on Facebook that you went to school with, he looks at it as well and maybe leaves a comment or something. And it goes on his timeline. And then his racist uncle kind of goes, ah, but it's the fucking immigrants, isn't it? And then, do you know what I mean? 
I know that's, that sounds like an odd leap, but it's so common on Twitter as well. Since they added the thing where if you you favourite a tweet or like a tweet or whatever it is, it comes up on your timeline on the feed thing as well. It just means anything you do, you're not talking to the 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 calm and rational. You're constantly exposed to the absolutely irrational and, and, and bonkers. And, so, and some of that is fine. You know, anyone who knows my music, when I've spent years arguing uh, with those people through music, through social media and, and face-to-face. Um, but it also gets exhausting and it can feel pointless and it can take the fun out of social media. It's why I kind of, on social media, a lot of you know, I only generally post about things I like. About three years ago, I stopped posting about things I don't like because I realised I was posting about a shit TV show when I could post about a great TV show or posting about a new pop song that I think is derogatory or taking us back years or whatever when I could be posting about this great underground track that's blown me away and deserves more exposure. So I made a lot of those changes on social media anyway, but it's still unavoidable to get these kind of the occasional um yeah negative backlash but you don't get that on patreon because everyone on patreon has paid to be there so you know and uh, and not to say everyone agreed on everything i put a particular situation i'd encountered up and there was discussion and debate and not everyone agreed but everyone was calm and civil and and all right and yeah that was kind of I like it. So anyway, this is an extended advert for Patreon. Obviously, we're still sponsored as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's that's my record label. We've got clothing there. We've got DVDs, CDs, vinyl, digital downloads. We've got all sorts of good stuff. We've got some signed photos in there now, which are new. I'm topping them up in the store because they've gone, they've gone really quickly. Um, loads of good stuff for you to check out. But yeah, if you did want to j- join the Patreon, it's a nice a nice little gang we're building there. Patreon.com slash Pip. And as I've said in previous episodes, the point of it is to kind of... I'm not sh- sure if I've made it clear. The money goes straight into my business as such. It doesn't go to any kind of personal account. It's not paying my electric bills or, or buying my pizzas. It goes into my company. And that's where... I will now be able to, with the support of you guys and and, and sponsors and and stuff like that, I'll be able to, if I need to put a guest up in a hotel, I can put them up in a hotel. If I need to book a venue, you'll hear a lot of the ones that I recorded this week. Three three of them, I think, I recorded in in the basement of the Queen of Hoxton. Because they let me, because my club night is at the book club, which is kind of her, her, her sister club, her sister venue. So um, they allow me to do that. But it's a bit noisy down there. It might be more professional to be in a studio. I've got my good kit. But anyway, I don't need to bore you with any of this. I'm going to stop t- talking about Patreon and the and the website. Um, but I will mention that the book club, as I just it's just come to mind there, we're returning there for the penultimate We Are Lizards of the year. Um, we've got Mr. Dan Lassac joining us. On the ones and twos, we've got Sam Duckworth slash Get Cape Where Cape Flows. Got new music out, um, and you need to all go and check that out. Um, he's joining us on the ones and twos. Um, I'll be there DJing. 
um, we'll have DJ Destruction, Push Music, we'll have the Hardcore Listing Boys, who I should mention, the Hardcore Listing Boys have got a Patreon as well, that it's worth you checking out, as has 76, who's the producer of the Hardcore Listing Podcast, Um, yeah, and Dan Lassac, who I mentioned there, has got a Patreon as well, all of these people have Patreons and are worth checking out, anyway, on with the podcast, it's an amazing one, Um, if you enjoy this one, in fact, a person I mentioned in, in this one, I was at the time of recording this, I was re- reading a book by Kate Devlin, Dr. Kate Devlin, um, and I've since recorded a podcast uh, with her. That's probably going to be coming out kind of end of September, oh, sorry, end of October, and I'm not going to tease you too much on the podcast. I've basically got guests uh, recorded until beginning of November at the moment. Um, there's one that I recorded last week that I posted in the little secret Patreon gang and they all got incredibly excited about and that was originally one that was going to come out again end of October but I've moved it f- forward to coming out n- n- next week because the excitement was so high and some of the stuff that this huge star talks about I don't think he's talked about anywhere else yet and often people can't talk about I don't want to say who it is but it's someone who's been in in one of the biggest movie, what's the word, dynasties, I couldn't think, and then I stuttered, um, in one of the biggest movie dynasties of all time, and is now about to be in another one of the biggest movie dynasties of all time, and has also been in one of the biggest TV shows of all time. So yeah, and he speaks really openly, I was expecting to get a, a kind of, well, we've only just started filming, and it's Star Wars, so I can't talk about it, but... um he was quite open to talking about some of his experiences so far, how it all came about. So that's an exciting one for next week. I have teased enough. Yeah, other than that, there's plenty of great episodes to come. Three of the ones I recorded last week, or all four of them, in fact, are four of the best, I just remembered the fourth, are four of the best I've ever recorded. So you've really got a good run of of guests to come. But I've been hyping this week's for a long time because it really is that damn good. So without further ado... Um, this is episode 229 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Angel Jufria. Right, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I've not actually asked how I pronounce your surname correctly, so I'm going to guess it. I'm joined today by Angel Guffria. Jeffria. Jeffria. Close though. Okay, that was a good try, right? Um, and this is a fascinating one because we kind of connected over social media, and normally um, on these, if it's someone I've not met before or don't know that well, I'll ask them to do me. Some bullet points right. of, of life or whatever else, just so they're not having to force anything. And but I didn't ask you that because the thing that brought you to my attention, and we'll get into all of it, was an incident <laughs> that happened at South by Southwest. But right. the thing that made me want to have you on the podcast and to sit down and talk to you was your response to everyone on that and looking through, particularly on social media, it can be. I'm generally, I think of myself as as a positive and well wishing person, but there's points where. I either give 
a snarky reply to something <laughs> that's not that bad a, right. a, a, a question because it's just the 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 classic example for all bands is if you announce a tour and people say, "I oh, want you coming to right. here," and and you want to say, "Fuck you," you yeah. want to go crazy. We, how do you know we didn't try? How yeah. do you know? Yeah, exactly. But in in reality, that's not a horrible. That's someone who wants. That's, right. that's, that's that comes out of passion. So it was watching you respond and explain to things calmly, intelligently, and friendly that made me think. Right, I'm just going to go in with pretty much zero knowledge and then we can have a discussion and <laughs> yeah. you can kind of educate me along the way but so let's start with the incident at South by Southwest that kind of it went viral and, right. and was crazy what how what happened so I used to be pretty active on Reddit and then it got to a point where um I got a little bit like you said some comments that were like oh, okay um maybe I'm just going to be more active on my hand, my social medias and if yeah. someone wants to repost it that's fine. Yeah. So I had posted about it on my Twitter. Um I was at South by Southwest for an event uh yes. talking about prosthetics. Obviously I start with I wear a bionic arm. Yep, that's worth mentioning. <laughs> and it was a, a wonderfully timed bit of audio movement yeah. as well. So was, yeah. But um I, I was born without my arm and I've been wearing a bionic arm since I was really young. I'm the youngest in the world to wear what's called a myoelectric or muscle pow- um, operated arm. Wow. Um so I've been wearing it since I was four months, ten days old and wow. obviously that wasn't as advanced as they are now, but yeah. you know, first gen type arms I just happened to be born at a great time for technology as well as had a really awesome mom who was you know very intent on getting me this cool new technology and i've kind of just continued on on with her goals and what she she had in mind and i've enjoyed it as well so with this arm obviously i have to charge it every night and a lot of people are surprised by that yeah they go oh i didn't even realize you'd have to charge it um and yeah i mean you think your phone yeah Yeah, exactly um when you think lower limb though like knees um they actually their charges hold much longer probably like five six days mine is 14 hours on a good day and and i guess there's more there's more um activity right in 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 an arm rather than a, a a lower limb because that's again it will although there'll be bionic elements potentially it's more it's stabilizing it's, right. it's kind of a structural stabilizer such whereas you're using yours to, to to do everything to grip to move to right so when you think about legs the big thing with it's like load bearing obviously yeah. and then the the ones that are considered more so like bionic quote unquote have microprocessors in them the old knees, you would have to kind of pull from your hip to kick the knee out. Right. The new ones have, um, you think almost like AI, they think, right, with yeah. the microprocessor. They know when you lift your leg, it kicks for you. Amazing. So it gets rid of, alleviates a lot of that stress and muscle um, intensity that you would have had before. Yeah. And it makes for a more natural gait or stride, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, with the hands, obviously, I have five motors in my hands. Some hands have six motors. Yeah. Um, that's a lot to power on top of the fact that I have a wrist rotator. Yeah. So that's another thing that you have in here. And I mean, I also have to add, as a, a follower of yours, you do also happen to have the coolest looking um, um, <laughs> array of arms or, right. or looks and things like that. So I've seen ones with lights on with amazing yeah, patterns etched into one, them and, and um, amazing stuff. So yeah, there's a lot there to... To power, I guess. So when I was young, obviously the first gen of a lot of these, they were the fleshy colored gloves and all that. And 
for me, um, I was comfortable with the fact that I had one arm. I had, yeah. you know, like the badass mom, like I said, who constantly was like, you're different. That's awesome. Yeah. Which led to the problem of me going into school and being like, I'm different and awesome. And yeah. like telling everybody, <laughs> why don't you Look think so? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the thing was that you kept having to have these fleshy colored arms. And as I got older, especially teens and then in university, it got a little awkward because all of a sudden I had this obligation to tell people if they didn't notice. Otherwise, yeah. people felt like I was hiding something. Yeah. that's a, It's a strange one. That is the, the, the burden is on you right. to, to have that honesty it's like, yeah well, i wasn't I, i'm not <laughs> if you've not, not yeah. noticed that's not my it's not my fault and yeah. again e- equally it's not the only part right of your personality of mm-hmm. your life of everything obviously it's a key part it's something right. that you've, you've had to, but again the fact that you've had it since you were so young i'd imagine it is quite a normal right. thing for you so it wouldn't be this oh before we go yeah, any go further, any further yeah. let me, I need to let you know. <laughs> I'm a one-handed person. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. But so with this hand, uh, this was the first ever small size multi-articulating hand. Wow. So before this, I was wearing hands that were three times the size of my hand. Wow. My fleshy hand. It was, I look like I was wearing a boxing glove. Yeah. But if I wanted the function, if I wanted that multi-articulation, the ability to change grips and... Yeah. Um, have this level of control, I had to have the big hands. And like I said, I was very big on staying current with the technology. So I was wearing big hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this hand came out three and a half years ago. And of course, it's been updated since then. Yeah. New motors, new software, all that kind of stuff. But it was the first hand that felt like my hand. Right. And that was That's really amazing. cool. How was that to, to kind of... It's a weird thing to think about because I've had this hand for three years now and it feels like such a part of me, which is weird because... They can't see this, but the hand doesn't look like, you know, a fleshy hand. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about this hand, it was the first ever and still is the only hand that is that doesn't break the warranty to not wear a glove. Right. So before that, any prosthetic hand, you had to have a glove over it. Otherwise, you lost the warranty and the company had no reason to repair it. What was the logic? Is there a logic behind that that you can... I assume the logic was that they're thinking like dust and dirt and debris would get into the motors but they made this hand in a way that they said if you didn't want to wear the glove you were fine with that as well i i also was always under the opinion the the gloves slowed the motors down and in that sense made you have to buy hands more often you know more yeah yeah yeah, of course so give exactly resistance So, so people do wear gloves with this hand but i was excited to not because for me like i said i was tired of telling people in the situation mm. i didn't why do i need that burden like that responsibility yeah so when i'd walk into a room i always felt like i know that you know now yeah, yeah. like it's worth or you know that i know that you yeah, know yeah we're all we're, in we're, on we're, it we're, we're, there's no secrets here. <laughs> yeah. yeah and if you want to talk to me as a one-handed person that's fine i mean there's times that i'd be in a bar or you know somewhere where there's dancing and a guy would come up to me to grab my hand to dance like do you want to dance with me and grab the old school yeah. prostheses that he couldn't tell and Oh, and I'm like, oh no! And then they just walk away. It's 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 fascinating psychologically because you're right. If you're going for something that is more subtle or trying to blend in, it looks like you are trying to hide something, right. or, and it does bring an awkwardness, right? Because what do you hide? People, yeah. What are the things you hide? Bad things. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. you're furthering, not intentionally, maybe, but you're furthering a stigma that you know. If I'm hiding it, it must be something that's not good because yeah. people only hide things that are not good. Yeah, completely. And 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 with it as it is now, it kind of it gives that openness as someone who meets you that 
you're going to be comfortable right. discussing it because you're clearly not Obviously. hiding in any way. But it also doesn't put the pressure on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it also doesn't put the pressure on to, oh, when should I mention it? it mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It stops it being an awkward subject, right. which is fascinating because, again, that comes from you embracing it right. rather than, oh, I want it to be as close to look. I want people to not notice. and Right. And I think there's always nice to have the option because, you know, say some, I was born without my arm. I've never yeah. had a left arm. I don't need this my left side to look like my right side because I never had that. Yeah. If someone lost an arm, I could understand wanting it to look the way it looked before. Sure. I could completely understand there's a different mentality. So I like the idea that there is still both options available. You can put a fleshy glove over this yeah. if you chose to. Yeah. Um but but yeah, um it's it's definitely been a different experience than I had, you know, when I was younger with this new type of arm and the new designs like i have people coming up to me on the street like that's so cool yeah like does it uh i went to sainsbury's yesterday and some i was walking past and a group of kids were like is that a real bionic arm yeah which is the funny thing to me is because that means the thought crossed their minds that i was wearing a fake bionic arm it's again it's a fascinating thing because it's a it, there is a freedom in it and a and an embracing of of it being an exciting thing, is it? Mm-hmm. And kids are the best example oh, of that. Absolutely. It's like, oh wow, yeah. Rather than oh, yeah, it, it, oh, this is like wow, that's amazing. And I'm reading at the moment. Um, I can't talk about it t- too much because there's an embargo on it until October 18th right. when it comes out. But a book by Kate, Kate Devlin called "Turned on Science, Sex, and Robots," and it's mm-hmm. a history of robotics in the sex toy industry as well. But also is. It's got a kind of salacious title, but it's a real good history of robotics as well. Right. And one of the things it... Obviously, it's focusing on sex toys, but one of the things that made a boom in that industry was when they stopped trying to make them represent a penis. Right. Like, like when... And it was... was a women way ahead of men right. but when a sex toy it's not a replacement it's a, it's a different thing it's it's got different functions and right. all this kind of thing and it's it's weird to compare that to you but it feels no, but like a similar thing saying. where you're not going oh, oh this is instead of that it's going well no I've got the opportunity to go in Beyond any direction that. I want this can be any shape I want it anything functional I don't rather know than the restriction of I heard matching. you make the statement about like I could have a tentacle if I yeah, wanted right yeah, yeah completely it's the idea that you're using this to make a function like evolutionarily your hands developed a certain way you know to make us capable good yeah. at all tasks but if like say I can switch out attachments so I have an activity specific arm yeah. so it's not my bionic arm it's not powered um, but it has different attachments so I can twist off the ends wow. And put on a different attachment for a different activity. So I yeah. have one for yoga that's called the mushroom that's kind of flattened on the end. I have one wow. for kickboxing that has a part that um, it does. None of them look like hands. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is it's the most functional thing for that activity. I love that, yeah. So it's the idea that you don't need it to be a hand. You need it to be great at that activity. Yeah, and uh, it's again, it's looking at r- 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 rather than thinking of the restrictions of not having... You know, uh, a, a function, a, mm-hmm. a regular arm. I don't want to yeah. say any terminology that sounds horrible there. So. I joke around with saying fleshy, fleshy yeah. parts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not having a fleshy arm, but it, rather looking at the restrictions you would have had if you did have a fleshy right. arm. Going, right, well, that would restrict me in this way. I don't have to worry about that now. I can s- switch this, adapt this, mm-hmm. change this, and not have the res- restrictions that you have with your 
boring yeah, flesh colours. I say boring. <laughs> unexciting arms that look like everyone else's. Yeah. So with this arm, I, or I constantly get from people because it looks so cool, right? It yeah. looks Iron Man. It looks, you know, yeah. iRobot, all that. They say, so what can you do that I can't? And unfortunately, we're still at a place now that my arm can't punch through walls. I mean, it maybe could, but it's also very expensive, so I wouldn't <laughs> try it. Try that yeah. out. But, you know, my one party trick, obviously, is that I can spin my wrist all the way around. Amazing. That's my one thing that I'm like, no, no, I have that, and you can't yeah. do that. But we're still, it's, like, it's not waterproof. It's water yeah. resistant, you know. Right. We're still getting there. I have so many people that are like, oh, my God, I want one. And I'm like, maybe wait. Wait a minute, yeah. A couple <laughs> more years at least, you know, before you start switching it out. And um but yeah, it's it's been really exciting having the reactions that I've had from people, like you said, less of the, oh, yeah. and more of the, oh, that's really cool. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times I'll have people say, I'm sorry, I, I, I just, I think that's really cool. And I understand why they think I'm sorry. Like, they feel like obviously having one arm is probably harder. And I get yeah. what they're saying. The sure. world is not designed for no. one-handed people. Yeah. So in that thought process, it is maybe harder. But at the same time, like you adapt, people adapt. That's humans are so adaptable, and that's what's yeah. amazing about them. So yes, even without my prosthesis on, I've adapted to every task. But with my prosthesis on, I feel like I'm just as efficient, if not more efficient, in certain tasks. Yeah, like you know, cutting steak, that kind of yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, completely. And yeah. it's it's a fascinating one because it's the weird outlook of people who either haven't got any disabilities or more haven't encountered right. many people with termed disabilities mm-hmm. is I was, I was talking to um, a Tourette's hero who, right. who has got Tourette's and is, is in a, a wheelchair. And she was saying that people often say, Oh, is the, is the wheelchair restrictive? She's like, no, the wheelchair is the opposite of restrictive. Right. The steps there are restrictive the the, right. the way that this place is laid out is restrictive, right. but you've you've got it round the wrong way. If you're thinking, oh, the wheelchair is restrictive, it's like at points I wouldn't be able to get around with this. It's the opposite of restrictive. So it's right. it's that that flip of perception of going, no, there's certain parts in the world and in society that need to do better and, and to make things more inclusive. And that's the thing with the word disability. I believe in the social model of disability, the idea that we are disabled by the world around us. Yeah. yeah. It's like if there were ramps instead of stairs everywhere, how much easier would it be? Yeah, Everybody yeah. can mostly, you know, if you're finding a way that more people can do things rather than a specific Completely. set of people. Yeah. So that's why I don't mind the word disability. I know some people have a hard time with it, but at the same time, it's like you need a term to be able to say what's going on. Yeah. And also for me, I don't like the whole ranking system where some people will go, I don't consider you disabled. Yeah. And I want to say that's because you think disability is bad and you think that I can do things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because of your opinion of what that word means. And at the same time, like, I think we're all, you know, people with differences and have adaptations and need some sort of accessibility requirement. We're in this fight together. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really like the idea of pitting us against each other. It's seen as a compliment. I don't consider it. It's like, right. Well, why? (laughs) <laughs> why are you even saying this? Or, or saying yeah, this? they're yeah. trying to give me a compliment, in which says they're kind of pointing out their feelings. It's putting on... other people down and you in, in and you up in, right. in, in that respect, and that's not how any compliments right. sh- should work. And, and women online, in particular, have to, oh, d- yeah. to face this a lot. Will say you're not like will... other girls. Yeah, yeah, you're not like <laughs> other girls. Or, or, or guys will say things like, "Oh, you're you're so much 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 hotter than my ex girlfriend," or something yeah. like that. It's like Fuck you. Yeah. Why are we shitting on your ex-girlfriend to compliment me? You could just say, 
you look very nice. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. Get on with your day. It shouldn't be. And it's similar there to say, yeah. I don't consider you down there on their yeah. level of these disabled people. It's like, shut up. Don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't like like talking about it that way. But then at the same time, I do understand there are people who don't like that word. Yeah. And the thing is, it's all about how you identify and how you feel. So I would obviously never tell anybody that they can't, you know, you have to go by this term. It's whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. So, you know, some people feel like that word's restrictive. So they're allowed to have that opinion, obviously. And, but And that's a key point on society in general today is that, that people seem to not be able to get their head around that it's okay for different people to have different <laughs> wants and needs. Right. People on, on on the other side of it will panic and go, well, there's too many terms for different genders now. It's right. like, it's all right, though. Yeah, but if it's not yours. If someone wants that, then that's yeah. fine. It's not your problem. It's not, it's not like I say, you need to know all of them despite never meeting anyone. Right. It's like, if you meet someone and they express here's the gender I go by, Right. then that's all you need to do. Absolutely. It's not that you have to read this new textbook. And it's like they get this panicking of, of these different terms. It's like, no, generally people are going to be educational right. and, and, and calm on these things. Here's here's what I prefer. Here's here's the term, like, if, if I prefer disabled or whatever else, here's what right. I, right. I go with. It shouldn't be this scared, oh, they're all changing the rules. It was fine five years ago. It's like, uh. wicked. I'm glad it was fine five years ago, but... Just it's adapting. Absolutely, we always language develops. People want to make everybody fit in this A or B, and it's yeah. kind of thing like that doesn't exist. Same thing with I'm, like, you know, in the U.S. we have something called the DSM for right. Diagnostic Statistic um, Manual for Psychology. I have my master's right. in psychology, yeah. and they recently changed autism to autism spectrum, and it's yeah. the idea that. Honestly, it should be like that with so many things. Yeah. So many things are a spectrum. Yeah. You know, it's not just this or this. It's the idea that everyone falls somewhere in between of this. And that's it, because you're right. It's, 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 the problem is it's impossible for people to not make a test because of the way our benefit systems are set up. Right. So it will be a test. Do you qualify or not? Yep. But a spectrum is a better test than a yes or no. Right. Because, again, it's so inspecific. Because mm-hmm. you can say, well, you're not as as autistic as this person it's right like, right cool i still fall have, somewhere i still fall somewhere so yeah you're, you're right as as sad as it is that we have to have these weird kind of <laughs> of systems it's, it makes sense in that way to have a range rather than a, a spectrum rather than simply a yes you are or no you are not right and it's funny with an acting so as well as i'm an actress yeah. and i have to have performer with disability on my resume yeah and my or my cv i think you say cv here and that's been great for some jobs and for other jobs i feel like it's also not helped me yeah and that's what frustrating part of it is if i'm going in for say waitress and they say see performer with disability they start worrying that this isn't how the character is supposed to be right yeah this definition of whatever they wrote which i get writers have their their view of what something's supposed to be directors have their view of something but why couldn't the waitress have one arm completely genuinely i've i've had one recently and i had one i went in for stranger things series two and it was my favorite audition ever because they literally said are we looking for male or female of any ethnicity any American accent, essentially. I was like, that's the best audition because it's so broad. Right. And then if you don't get it, you're not angry because no. I may have, have missed out to a 17-year-old black girl from yeah. the Bronx. It's like, <laughs> I can't compete with that. We're very different prospects. So right. I think there should be a more casting like that. There is that broadness of, of, well, we're looking for a lot of different things. I guess that makes it harder on a casting, but where possible, 
it would be a lot better to be able to go, well, let's let's see. Let's see who walks in the door. Well, it's always we funny when I would go to a casting and I would show up and I would see that I was the only person who looked like me, whether that was having one arm or not. Yeah. And you're always like, oh, I'm the wild card, right? Yeah, you walk yeah, in there and you just yeah. realize I'm the wild card. It's, it's good to, see, to be there, right? I would think so, because that's the hope, you know, that you can change their mind on what yeah. they thought they wanted. You yeah. know, they were so sure that they wanted, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever. Yeah. And then I'm coming in the opposite of that. Also yeah. one hand. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then trying to say, you know what? I'm going to be me. Yeah. And if that's not what they want, fine, right? That's what it becomes as an actor. Yeah, you have totally. to stop taking it so personally. You have to start realizing, you know, this was their vision this was what they wanted. And if I wasn't it, it wasn't that I didn't do a good job. It yeah. just, I wasn't the right fit. Yeah, yeah, um, completely. And that, again, they're far more, it's far more, it's, it's, it's a more comfortable rejection. Yeah. Um, Not that it still doesn't hurt a little yeah. bit. Obviously, you're frustrated, especially when you really like the character, yeah. really like the role, you completely. know. Completely. Um, which I've had a couple of those. I think I, I did an audition last time I was out here for a movie that was filming in LA, and they sent me the whole script. And you know, when they send you the whole script, right, they want you to get it right. Yeah. And I did it. I didn't get it right. I thought I knew what I what it was going on, and obviously, you know, when I didn't get it, I was really upset because yeah. I loved the character. Um, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I was like, you know, I just wasn't right. I'm 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 I'm, I'm waiting to hear on one that's similar to that, yeah. where they sent me all four episodes, yeah, and literally, I read it all. I was like, this is amazing, and that's my favorite character in it. Yeah. But again, it's a similar one where they're saying, are we seeing men or women, trans? Mm-hmm. We're seeing everyone for this because I. Originally, when they asked me in, and I won't give any details because I'm sure I'm not allowed, but originally when they asked me in, the first sides I saw said the character was trans. And I said, I don't know if I can come in for this because that's not my exactly. role to be taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then when I read the full scripts, it's it's set in the 1700s and it's a character that is either Could be. straight, gay, yeah. male, female. It's 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 almost the, the jester type, an, an unusual character there. So... After I'd read the whole thing, I was like, I'm fine. But that was the tough thing. I was like, I'm fine, but now I really want it. Right. <laughs> now I really want that now role. Now I really so like, it's like it, yeah. Damn it, I wish I'd stayed at the level of, oh, I'm not sure if this is the right thing. <laughs> well, speaking on that, like you said, with trans characters, it's yeah. been the same thing with characters with disabilities. Yeah. So I got the opportunity to go to a really cool workshop for the BBC um, the end of last year and earlier this year. Um, it was called Class Act, and it was for actors with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And in it, they had the discussion and made the promise that with their programming in this upcoming year, they were going to try and include more actors with disabilities. And they started talking about the U.S. as a model of how many characters with disabilities they have on their TV shows. And I, I wanted, I tried to raise my hand and explain to them. I was like, yes, but they're not actually casting actors with disabilities. Yeah. It's so many actors who are not in any type of difference. And then they're playing characters who do have that. A big example right now is like Skyscape, Skyscraper with The Rock. Yeah, of course. Is playing an amputee. And and yes, I'm so happy that, if you haven't seen yeah, the previous story, that he's playing like this amazing, badass action hero who's missing his leg below the knee. And his prosthetic becomes a cool thing yeah. in it. It saves him yeah. and all this kind of thing. It's not this Which kind is of great. restriction. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I could think of so many awesome below yeah. knee amputee Actors, yeah. not just baloney humans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. just, but actual actors that they didn't even bother seeing for that role. They made the statement that they wrote that character for The Rock. Yeah. And it was like, what? He's not an amputee. Why would you do that? Yeah, it's 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 a funny one because I, 
weirdly, I reviewed that with my mum mm. on an episode of the podcast. Right. And me and my mum went to see it. And it's a weird one because it feels as if they worked backwards to get to a good place mm-hmm. on that. It felt to me as they had The Rock and they're like, right, he's kind of too much of a superhero. It's too believable for him right. to beat everyone. L- let's give him a disability, Ugh. which is negative. Right. But then they kind of backtracked and went, let's make the disability awesome right. and make it really good and powerful. So it's a weird one that the end result, and again, I've got no inside knowledge here, but the end result feels like it's this positive thing. But yeah, it feels like, well, if they wrote it for The Rock, they will have only, they seem to have only have done that to, to give him something to overcome right. as such, which isn't positive. Right. It's the, it's the whole idea behind it. It's their, their opinion of what yeah. a lower limb amputation is like, that yeah. he needs to, you know work so hard which is true i mean it is work like we said the world isn't designed for in less than four limbs but it's it's a funny thing because it has gotten a lot of positive feedback from the amputee community because he has been very he brought amputees with him to the premiere he's been going to support groups yeah which to me it almost feels like a little bit of like he's doing it to make sure he doesn't get any backlash yeah yeah, Yeah, kind of thing not that he doesn't seem like a really nice guy but at the same time you know for some reason Disability seems to be the only, you know, minority group that it's okay to still dress up as. Mm. And in within disability, yeah. you have so many other minority groups, right? Yeah. Like on top of on top of on yeah, top of. So of I'm not saying that, you know, you can't have somebody play that character, but it's the idea that they didn't even audition anybody else. And that's the bit that's 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 wrong. Right. Um again, I'd kind of said on this this one that was a trans role, or right. I thought was a trans role, I was like, as soon as I knew they were seeing trans people, I was like, right, I'll go in then. Because then it's, it's, right. it's we're, we're all up, we're trying, we're seeing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a weird one because at the end of the day, it is acting. And there was mm-hmm. a backlash recently with... Um, Scarlett Johansson? No, uh, yeah. Jack Whitehall, who's um, a British a, a comedian who I know, but he's just been cast as the first gay Disney character, openly gay okay. Disney character. And he's not gay. And there was a lot of backlash. I was like, well, it's mm. acting. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's elements in the character. It's different. I I was... And like on, we've also said, sexuality is a spectrum yeah, at that point. So Exactly. So there's, there are, there is that kind of thing. But it's, again, it's as long as the right people are being at least cons- considered and right. taken into this. Again, I understand The Rock because he's... Putting people you put in the his theater. name in a film and it's going to do millions. Do you know so what I mean? The, yeah, so I can understand that side of it. It's like, right... Well, that's, that's the, the big argument, right? The big argument is, I th- like, same thing with Furiosa and Charlie's Theron, which I've done yeah. cosplays of. I love the character. Yeah. Yeah, She's yeah. amazing. Um, and everyone talks about, you know, with Charlie's Theron as Furiosa and Mad Max and with The Rock and Skyscraper, it's the idea of putting people in the theater. Yeah. And you think, though, did they have to be in that role? Yeah. But at the same time, like, I get it. And I totally understand if you auditioned others and you couldn't find what you were looking for. Yeah. The idea is, did you try? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like Pixar, Disney and Pixar does a great job with it. Like Moana. Yeah. They had to search for that character for how long to actually find a young high school girl who was talented and could yeah. sing. But some people don't have the budget like that. But some people do. And like, you didn't try. Yeah, And exactly that's the frustrating that. and part. It's, it's a similar one that we were talking about before we started our role in. We were both ruin the annoyance of, of visas for mm-hmm. acting for, yeah. for, for you acting over here and for me acting Absolutely. in America the problem of it how it is ch- ch- chicken and egg you need experience to get the visa you need the visa to get experience and it's a similar one there is okay I'll accept 
Charlie's Theron and The Rock in these roles because they're huge names and it's lead roles. Right. If you're casting the smaller roles mm-hmm. like that with an amputee or with someone who's got a, a prosthetic arm or, or whatever right. else it may be. So they have the chance to then become a big name. And, right. and do you know what I mean? In the future, you that have can to be, give us, yeah, yeah, you have to give us you the shot. You need that opportunity first to then see if you can become a big name and see if you can be Which that is like person. Bo Burnham's new film, right? Right, yeah. He cast all actual, you know, eighth graders and yeah. from the school and like actual, so the girl who's in the film, I think she'd never been in anything else yeah. from what I understand. It's what Shane Meadows over here, who I've been a fan of for years, he's, he's famous for that, that so many of the people in his films have never acted before. Right. Tommy Turgus, who was in Mrs. England, who's, who's coming on the podcast soon, it's notorious that they had to bribe him to keep coming to auditions because he was the casting director. There's Hamlet had seen him around and was just like, I think you'd be great. And he was like, look, I'll give you a, a, a tenner if you, if you come <laughs> in, in for this one because he had no interest in it. But yeah. it then got this kid in this role that won awards because it was so real. And Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is hopefully, like we, I think we mentioned this before we were on, but hopefully you're right enough for a role yeah. that they finally give you the shot. Yeah. And that's what's hard. Um, and so many people will say, well, why don't you start writing yourself? And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if I start writing myself, I need the funding and I need the, uh, you know, I need the connections. I need this. I need that. There's so many things also a part of that. But when we say like looking for, like, did they actually look, I, I recently worked on a show for Amazon called Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton. And I remember I got the call about it from my agent and she immediately said that everybody, uh, a lot of other people are refusing to audition and if I wanted to audition, and that was because it spoke on the topic of devotees, right. which are people who have amputee fetishes. Okay, yeah. And I was like, well, um, how are they portraying it? I'd love to hear them out kind of thing. Yeah. And then later on, after talking to the director, I found out that the character was from Mexico. Yeah. And then that made me very hesitant on this. Um, sure. I get called in for Spanish-speaking Hispanic roles a lot yeah. because I'm olive-complected and things like that within film. And my rule had always been, is the character um, Latina for um, story reasoning, right? It is integral to or integral to the story rather than is it just because they're working on making it a more diverse cast. Yeah. yeah. If it's the diversity thing, then obviously I think it's fine. But if it's something that I feel like this character is truly pulling from being a Latina or something like that, then I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I feel comfortable for this. Yeah. So I spoke to the production about it and I was like, listen, I don't, I don't know. And they said, we've been trying to find an amputee Latina yeah. and it hasn't happened. Right. They said, we've been looking and it just hasn't happened. So we're now at the point of we're either going to cast an amputee mm-hmm. or we're going to cast someone who's Spanish speaking. Right. And yeah, for me, yeah. I had to make the hard call in my head where I was yeah, like, that's fascinating. you know, obviously I'm biased, but yeah. at the same time I was like, what do you see more of on TV? Yeah. At least in the U.S. for me, I was like, I definitely see less amputees, real amputees, than, you know, I saw people who speak Spanish. Um, And I ended up making the choice to work on the program, but it... It was one of those things where I was like, you know, you realize you have to make these kind of choices. I I love that, though, because, again, it's it's taking a reasoned and calm and rational look at things. It's not just saying, no, that's wrong. It's going, yeah. well, let's hear, again, the idea of hearing people out. And, right. and I've had that on a few different things where I've heard people out and it's still, I've still not been comfortable. Still, yeah. <laughs> so you walk away, but that's fine, but you're hearing them out. Right. You're not 
throwing them under the bus and going well, into on, make... on social media to say, yeah. oh, look at how good I am. Because yeah, I've, I've walked away from this. Like, I've not mentioned anything about that, yeah. that, that trans role until now because yeah. it's, it's relevant to this. But it is those things. It's important to have those discussions. And you don't want it to issues. be a snap judgment. No. You, sometimes you make judgments on things and, and judgment a lot of times can be a problem. Yeah. You know, people are people and everyone doesn't make decisions everything like we said everything is not a or b yeah, yeah. there's a lot of gray yeah. in the middle of what could be and with the devotee role um it became to me that i knew that if an amputee didn't do this role yeah they were going to cast someone who wasn't an amputee and they wouldn't care how our our community was represented yeah. or wouldn't know the right way to represent our community because yeah. it became that i spoke to the director about some of the things um so a devotee is a person who sexualizes somebody with a limb difference, yeah. right? And it could have nothing to do with gender, doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's the fact that they're attracted to a limb difference. Yeah. So someone missing a limb for whatever reason. And, you know, as being not judgmental as possible, it's just something somebody's interested in as long as they're respectful. Yeah. Um, there's assholes in every realm, right? Of course. <laughs> but um, in doing it, I remember the way they had it set up. I had spoke to the rector and I was like, the problem is you're having the amputee character be in on the fact that this is sexual. I was like, you need to point out the fact that this is a non-sexual thing. And in doing that, the directors and the writers ended up changing the, what That's they amazing. were wearing yeah. and yeah. kind of how the scene went a little bit. And you can watch the scene now. It's still a bit intense um, yeah. on Goliath. But it's um, fascinating though, because it becomes a kind of a, a duty of care in many ways right. to take that role, to, 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 to make sure that right. it's not done and represented right. negatively or or even just ignorantly that's the bigger thing here i think i don't think anyone sets out to represent things negatively right. necessarily they, just don't, they just don't know so yeah. it's just that ignorance <laughs> to go right well here here's what's not right about that and that's a win for everyone because that's making their program b- better it's right. not cleaning it up and making it pc or whatever else right it's making it better it's making it's realistic. it realistic and making it yeah exactly that's the, that's the whole point of you know, when I, when you talk about skyscraper, you think too, like, you know, you think about him hanging off the building by prosthetic, like that is definitely not something that would work in real life. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, if there was a real amputee there, we could have pointed out the fact of, you know, how that would have actually gone, made the joke about it. Had There's just little things. It could have been those discussions. Because again, the fact is, I love The Rock, but you put him in any film, yeah. it's not going to be realistic. You know, <laughs> he, he, he himself makes it this ridiculous yeah. thing, but yeah. But when you talk about, too, um, I was still nervous with Goliath when it came out because, you, like you said, I did my due diligence. I had all these conversations, whatever, yeah. but still people are going to watch it mm-hmm. and say, wait a second. You know, so I spoke Spanish in it, right? Yeah. So, you know, she's not actually Mexican. She's not a natural Spanish speaker or native Spanish speaker. Like, yeah. That kind of thing. And like we said on the internet, yeah. same thing with South by Southwest. Snap judgment. No, no one's going to come to you and say, how much was this thought out? And yeah. are, they're going to go, You're, yeah. this is disrespectful. Exactly. And that was my fear when it came yeah. out, that people wouldn't grasp that part of it. Um, but thankfully, that none of that backlash happened, which it can, um, could still. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's the same thing with people just see something and assume. So yeah. Jumping back around to South by Southwest when what had happened was I was there with the company that makes my hand and they were like, we would love it if you would tweet about some of these disability panels and technology panels and talk about it. So I had a full schedule of all these things that I was going to talk about and 
One of them was really cool. I don't know if you've seen the little girl who 3D printed a glitter shooting prosthesis. Right. Yeah. Her yeah, name's yeah, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. She's one of my campers. I'm a camp counselor at Amputee oh, Youth wow. Camp. Yeah, she's amazing. And we had had um, a vent the night before and I went to plug in my arm and it's a magnetic port. And yeah. sometimes the old one, this is a new one. You could set it on there, but if you weren't very careful, it wasn't all the way on. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to bed, and I woke up in the morning, and I put my arm on and got about a quarter of the way through the day, and I heard my arm making that beep noise, and I was like, what do you mean my arm's dying, right? Yeah. I plugged it in, and realizing must have not actually been plugged and in. I'm here to show people. Exactly. So I was at Jordan's panel, my, right. and there was several little girls there with limb differences, and their moms were excited to see my arm, and my arm dies right in front of them. Wow. So I was super upset you know yeah. really really just you know i wanted them to show them how cool it is obviously they don't need a prosthesis but i would love to see, just show them you know options and things like yeah. that yeah um and i was kind of upset and then i went to my next panel and i was going i i i didn't have my charger so i had to call a courier service to bring my charger to me because i couldn't leave because i was yeah. tweeting about these panels course, yeah. and i got my charger finally went to this panel went to go plug it in and Somebody looked at me and plugged in their phone as I was walking up to plug my arm in. And it's just amazing. Isn't and it? I, the problem I got on the internet was a lot of people kept talking about this sense of entitlement. Why do I think that I was more entitled to right. plugging in my arm over a phone or over anything that they were plugging in? Yeah. And I, I get what they were saying. I wasn't trying to say that, but at the same time, I had been having a long, frustrating day. Yeah. And, you know, typically with social media, you try to double, triple check anything to hopefully say it the way you intended. Yeah. And I remember what had happened was, so I had asked the person and they were like, oh, I think there's a, you know, a charger outside or a port outside. And I was like, okay. And as I walked to the back and found one, you know, close to the door and kind of plugged in my arm standing during this panel. And all I could think in my head was people don't know about this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all I wanted to do, my goal was to tweet about the fact that, you know, you could be having a great day and all of a sudden you forget to charge your arm or think your arm's charged and it's not and you have yeah. to stand in the back of the room to charge it. Yeah. But in typing it out and being in a hurry and being frustrated, I said something like she, they refused to let me plug in my arm. Yeah. Which was my mistake. Right. That one word will haunt me now, right? I mean, again, from the outside, I have to say, it all came across as positive and friendly right, and right. non-judgmental. And yeah, that's what I kind of, I, I loved about it is that, so yeah, for me, that refused I didn't, part. Yeah, even. I wasn't trying to shame the person, yeah. obviously. It was more so just trying, like I did the hashtag cyborg problems. It's yeah. supposed to be a joke. Just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. sort of lightheartedly explain to people, you know, how having a prosthetic arm affects you in daily life. Yeah. So I posted that on Twitter and got a great response. Yeah. The problem happened when it got reposted to Reddit. Right. And then, um, you know, I had a lot of people commenting on like, you know, her phone's charged, but for, apparently she forgot to charge her arm. Yeah. I wanted to be like, I did try, but you can't explain yourself at that point. There yeah, is it no... becomes, there's a point of, of, of diminishing return in trying yeah. to explain or argue things on there because people have already made their mind up. Right. And... and then there's a lot of like portable battery pack comments like, so far, there is no way to plug into one of the USB packs yeah. that they have for cell phones. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. something they're working on. I've seen some cool prototypes, but yeah. that's not out yet. Yeah, so yeah, the idea of, of carrying an external battery pack outside of me carrying like a little generator that I could plug into on my yeah. back <laughs> um, was out of the question. So I mean, it, it worked uh, for me. It worked beautifully, or for me as someone who is addicted to my phone, yeah. it worked beautifully just to illustrate that 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 someone. Not that they'd refuse, but they wouldn't instantly say, oh, no, 
Forget it then. Because again, you might need your phone right. for whatever you're doing. But still, you don't need it as much as an arm. And particularly at an event like that where that's part of... You're right. there for work as right. well. So it is. It's not just... I mean, I would argue that regardless of the this, of this situation, but when you're there to show this off and to, to right. be proud of it, it's all the more important. So right. it, feels, it feels completely... Yeah. So Twitter was great about it. I got to answer a lot of really cool questions. So many people were like, oh, I didn't even consider you need to charge it or because typically the response I seem to find is that people either think we're much further in technology than we are or not even close to where we are. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we charge things. And then they're being like, wait, you don't have any feeling. Yeah. So because that's within that next week, I posted a video showing me cracking eggs because I had so much response to people thinking that. I had some type of haptic feedback. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, no, everything I do is based off of memory or practice, you know, yes. sitting there pinching myself to yes. know how hard no, I'm grabbing. No, wow. The internet has, has been a great thing for me. Yeah. From the moment that, you know, I had to, I had a photo of me doing archery with yeah. an arm called the Luke arm. Oh my God. Five, six years ago now, which wow. was massive. If you see it, it's yeah, yeah, three, yeah, four yeah. times the size yeah. of my arm. But it was the first time I got to try archery um, in the traditional sense, right? Yeah. Outside of adaptive archery. Yeah. And it blew up on Reddit and it was great hearing how interested people were in the technology. Yeah. Because I constantly talk about the fact if the only people interested in the technology were the people wearing it, nothing yeah. would get done. Yeah, completely. We need 100%. we need people saying like, let's work on getting these batteries from cell phones, which everybody uses, in a way that we can actually use them in prosthetics now. Yeah. The idea that, you know, we need people to care and to support it and even even in a vocal sense on social media outside of funding as well, but to say that no, we should be doing this. Yeah. And and again, kind of understanding exactly as you said, how far we've come with it and how far we still have to go with it. Because that's what's fascinating and that's what I was finding fascinating reading all the all the answers. Because or it's even it sounds so simple, but even just getting people to just think about it. Right. Because we haven't had to, as 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 someone who doesn't wear a prosthetic, it's not something we have to right. think about. So even just putting it out there instantly, like, uh, or, or can you explain it? How does it work? How right. how do okay. you make it kind of move and things like? Because again, it's not yeah. if if you just think, oh yeah, the prosthetic arm, you just you've not had a you're not think, involved well, how, in it. How does my arm work? Well, my mind moves everything. That's it. How right. does, so yeah, how does it work? What's the? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny because that's usually what I start with, but I didn't. Yeah. I got so excited, I jumped past. I, it. No, um. I love that we we started on South by Southwest and we didn't get to the main point of the South by Southwest story until forty minutes in. That's quite. <laughs> I love that. There were so many good tangents yeah. to go off on. But. So um, with the prosthesis, they're muscle operated, right. so myoelectric myo muscle, and it picks up these electric signals that are from your muscles. Right. So there's sensors that sit inside the socket. So the socket sits around my residual limb and the sockets are all um, the socket and the frame that houses the batteries and um, the wiring is made by a prosthetist. So they're all uniquely designed to that person to fit and be comfortable and work the best it can. It's all modular. So the hand is designed by a different company than the prosthesis is designed by. My hand is sold by a company called Autobach. My arm is designed by my amazing prosthetist at Arm Dynamics. And I've been working with them the last couple of years and having someone who specializes in arms has been amazing. Yeah. And with that, they find the right places to put these sensors within the socket. So the main areas that they have them in would be around your flexor and extensor muscles. So typically what controls your wrist. Yeah. So which is not as intuitive as someone thinking, oh, 
when I'm pointing my finger right now, it's the same muscle as you pointing your finger. It's not. It's a learned process. You know, I have a computer program where I can have the signals up on the computer and when I'm flexing the muscles, I can see what I'm doing. Right. And I can say, oh, this one's strong enough. Let's make it part of this signal. This one's that strong. And people ask about... um, Right. So it's adapting it all in that that, that personal manner to go, right, I can do this. Well, let's make that action a grab. Yeah, yeah. Which may not be what it actually is. Yeah. For someone like me who was born without an arm, I don't really know what pointing my finger on my left side feels like. Yeah. Now, for somebody who lost an arm, you know, they may have that more fresh in their memory um, of what that feels like and can more intuitively set it up. Yeah. But with me, it was kind of like, what am I able to do? And that's great because even if you think someone who lost an arm, they might be having nerve damage or muscles missing or depending on the type of accident and how how the surgery was done post whatever incident it was. Um, So it's great to have it set up in a way that makes it adaptable for any person yeah you know you can find a way to do it whether you go down to one sensor or have something like pattern recognition which has many many sensors if you're able to do that so all it is is me flexing those muscles within my socket now i got this question yesterday at the grocery store someone had asked me they said but is it just straight from your brain? It's like, well, you want to make the statement. Like, well, everything's from your brain. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. the difference is, is I'm moving my arm and then it's moving the prosthesis. Right. Yeah. Because I have to physically move the muscle yeah. like I'm doing the action and then it sends it. So there is a bit so of a, a delay. there's a delay there in yeah. that respect. Yeah. So you kind of have to be... Um, ready for that you know if someone threw me a ball it probably wouldn't go too well (laughs) i'd probably more so use my arm like a bat at that sense (laughs) rather than catch it but um but yeah it's it's nice that it is easier than most people think it is people think oh you probably need months and months of training and it's this no it's no actually most people figure it out you know they're able to move it i would say within a day two days and Mm. really control it within a week you know Mm. be comfortable enough to hold a glass yeah Eggs, styrofoam might take a little bit longer, yeah. uh, a little bit more practice, but being comfortable with it is all in how much you use it, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have to do, you do have to think it's you're flexing muscles, right? Yeah. So imagine if you were just sitting there with your forearm doing this constantly. So yeah. you can't jump into it that quick either. Completely. But again, it's it sounds stupid, but that's how we grow up, right? Like as a kid, you wouldn't give a kid. A kid wouldn't know at first how to hold an egg without right. smashing it or starving or whatever. It's, it's you figure you it out that naturally. So it's yeah, it still sounds even in that respect. It's a quicker process, I guess, because you're more conscious of it and trying to, to consciously learn that. And a big thing with me is I was so young when I was yeah. fit, which is not typical. Mostly, especially in the U.S., because of insurance. Yeah. Um, there was a couple studies that found the rejection rates of prosthetics were much higher with kids. But in my opinion, especially as someone who's done research on psychology and all that, I don't think they asked the right questions. Right. They didn't find out if the arm was comfortable to start with, right? Yeah. Um, was it fit by somebody who um, specializes in arms? Yeah. You know, was it the right device? Maybe they put them in a hook rather than maybe a myoelectric yeah. that may have been easier for them. So a lot of times kids are fit around two years old. What's a two-year-old's favorite word? Is usually no, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly, the the, yeah. the what do they call the terrible twos yeah, and like that yeah. that kind of and then like three nagers. It's they want to say no to everything and they're very Completely. rebellious and trying to put something on them at that point in time. They barely want to wear clothes, much less shoes. Hundred percent. So 
I think the idea of putting it on me, I wore my first passive, an arm that didn't move, but I was getting used to the weight and the distribution yep. at six weeks. Wow. So, you know, my mom said I did, you know, the ball pit at McDonald's kind of thing. I would throw it and laugh and make everyone get it. Kids do the same thing with their bottles and shoes, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, completely. And I was like, I, I got to feel like this was mine. Yeah. And and I don't remember that. I don't even remember learning how to use it. Again, that f- familiarity from as early an age as possible seems like it's absolutely key there. Because that will then, there will be developments, there will be changes. Absolutely. And... I mean, it's it's similar. You, you've obviously we've mentioned um, a psychology a few times, and it's a thing where it's a problem that we have in society that we don't have more of just an open comfortableness and familiarity right. with it because there sh- should be that. And the fact is, again, similarly, you might go to a session if you need some help for something, some mental help in some way. Right. You might go and feel no, that doesn't work for me. But you've not had you've not talked to the right person, right. Or you've not had the right breakthrough and these things aren't a one size, a one fit size fits all. It's, exactly it's literally a, you need to try these these variations out so it feels like it it applies to both there that if there was a greater flexibility and familiarity we keep talking about that gray area there, right yeah, that exactly, gray area yeah. is what's so important is like it's not just one or the other yeah yes or no there's so many things in between that and the big issue becomes with funding. Same thing with mental yeah. health as well as prosthetics it's in a lot of things, right? Yeah. Um, the idea is I was fit at four months. How many arms do you think I went through? Because yeah. think how fast you're growing, especially in those first three yeah. years. Um, and they're expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the cost is pretty prohibitive for a lot of people. Thankfully, my parents had a very good private insurance through my dad's work at the time. But we're in a very different time for insurance, even in the U.S. right yeah. now. For it, for most countries, insurance is very different in in England, it's been quite difficult for people to get hands like this without a private insurance. Um, yeah. I, I tried to find this out the other day if I if there were any cases where the NHS had approved this hand, and I couldn't find any. Wow, and they'd all been approved through private insurance. That's crazy, um, and isn't I, it? it's it's the idea though that you know when we're talking about the success of a person with a device, and they talk about medical necessity. And they want to say, we're only required to provide you with the most basic, you know, this is what's basically mm. required. And they want to say that these devices, I had someone with insurance refer to my arm as a bells and whistles arm. And I wanted to scream. Yeah. Like to say that what I consider my hand yeah. is bells and whistles, like your hands, bells and whistles yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. Like Completely. your hand exactly. does all yeah. the things, you know, I, yeah. I, I got frustrated because I have more than one arm. I have, like I said, my activity arm. I used to have a cosmetic arm that looked like a fleshy arm because occasionally I would wear it for two-handed rolls, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And then I had this arm, and it was the idea that a lot of times the insurance companies would say, pick one. And it was like, excuse me? It was the idea of picking, you know, this arm that I wear for my daily living tasks, you know, carry my shopping basket, tie my shoes, get ready in the morning, this is the arm that I wear. Or, you know, say the cosmetic that was for work or, say, even mental health, say I wanted to go somewhere and just didn't want to stand out that day. Yeah. Or that my activity arm, which allows me to do yoga and swimming and kickboxing, I can't wear this hand for that. Yeah. I always make the joke, you know, my V-Bionic, the hand that I wear, it's it's the type of hand like, what what would you do with your iPhone in your pocket? That yeah. kind of activity. Right, yeah, yeah You know, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. play rugby with your iPhone in your pocket. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't yeah. jump in the swimming pool with your iPhone in your pocket. That's brilliant, yeah. That, that's that's my analogy, like with my activity arm, those are the sports, those are the things I can do. And when they're telling me to pick one, yeah. it's like, that's not fair. Your hand can do all of them. Yeah. And so when you're saying the most basic, to me, the most basic is 
your hand. Yeah. A fleshy, you know, that hand is the most basic. So why are you not bringing me the closest to that? Yeah. Now, in the sense of, you know, having a certain amount of funding for everything, I understand that it does become prohibitive in that sense because, you know, if you're proving this versus that and having to prove what you need. And it's like that word is so hard, though, because need for what, you know? Mental yeah. health, like, you yeah. know, safety, feeling comfortable, like existing, like. It's, it's so tough because it could, it should also be tethered into and attached to what is available. Right. And what is possible. Like, like that should be, because again, that is, that then blows it out of the water. It's still not possible to just give you a new arm. Right. So everything is below that. Right. Everything is therefore that's that should all be on the list, really. And the big discussion recently has been with 3d printing yeah um which has been will be hopefully a way to bring down the cost of a lot of these devices well that's that's one of the things that i wanted to kind of discuss is the 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 positive at, at this point i mean it doesn't help for the rest of the years of your life but the, okay. the positive at this point is we are at a point where ai and robotics and 3d printing and everything is leaping forward and again it's the same with everything because it's, it's leaping forward for business pers- purposes, mm-hmm. it's therefore going to become more affordable. I, I one of the sponsors of my podcast is is Onki, who make um, robots and AI. And, cool. and, and they've just launched this. I, I, I got to go and meet it. They've got these little... Their their dream is that in the future, you either you sit down and go, well, do we want a cat, a dog, or a robot? And yeah. they've made this robot called Vector that... He charge it. He goes off to his charger himself. And I love so that. So you never have to charge it. It's that kind of thing. And he's. It's essentially. It's like Alexa and all them things. Right. You can ask him to look stuff up or. But it's more personal. But it's an actual. Yeah. The. I mean, we mentioned Pixar earlier. The eyes are made by one of the designers of Pixar. They're all designed by that. So it has got that personal interaction. And going and seeing that kind of. Again, it's something I didn't know w- w- where we were on technology, but the fact that there's things like that being made, all all the big advances come when there's people who think they can make money out of it, rather True. than what's for the best. Also, it's, war, military stuff. Yeah, That's where yeah. a lot of the big advancements come in prosthetics, especially. Exactly. So um, it, it, it does feel like we're hopefully on the verge of a time that arms like the one that you you, you, you you have on now are going to become more affordable and hopefully more readily available and technology continue to grow, right? You, yeah, that's hope. the hope is that the cost is going to come down um, and still be as reliable and durable. That's the issue right now with a lot of the 3D printing is that the materials that are available yeah. outside of the you know billions of dollar 3D printers that print metals and plastics yeah. are, that are not what they currently have, the ones that they currently have, are they don't last long enough to no. be... And, and that's been the problem is because people say, well, but for the, the amount that they pay for them, you could have 30 in a year and you could break them all the time and it'd be fine. Yeah. But then you think about bodily integrity, right? If I, bro- if I dropped a plate every 10 times I held a plate, yeah. how many, how would I continue to hold plates? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. You, you would start saying like, well, I don't trust my arm doing that. And you want to trust your body. Yeah. Now, obviously I understand if somebody cannot afford this type of device, you go for the next best thing. And I would understand that that's a great yeah. option for someone to have. Sure. We also talk about kids, right? Growing yeah. so quickly. You know, maybe they're not doing these heavy lifting intense things and that would be a good option for them growing up to get used to the weight. But again, it's, it's, it's a similar thing that we've made amazing developments with 
fixing broken bones. But right. We don't go around just breaking our bones. Just to fix them. And go, them. all right, we can get it. Yeah. We can have that fixed. It's it would like, have no, to be easy how... and simple enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the so thing it's... is people make the joke all the time, right? I mean, I hope a joke that they were like, oh, I would love to wear one of those. I'll, I'll give you my arm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the idea that that's not going to come first. What's going to come first is exoskeletons and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Things that are easier. Like for, for someone to switch out a body part, it's going to have to be a super easy like non-painless we're going to have had to have figured out phantom pain and all these things that people would actually do it because it would be beneficial rather than having any type of uh, setback and I I self-identify as a cyborg I don't know if you've seen that like that's and it's to me it's the idea that I truly feel like I've integrated with technology my whole life yeah and yes I do feel me still without my arm on I don't feel any less than or not whole without it on but at the same time, my arm is a huge part of me. Yeah. And I cannot see a time where I decide to not wear prosthetics for yeah. most of the day, most of, you know, my time period. Yeah. You know, course. if I was filling out a survey, it would be like most of the time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. my most me. <laughs> like when they talk about when you dream, like what do you look like? I wear a prosthesis. I've yeah. never had two arms in my dreams. I have a prosthesis in my dream. That's amazing. And, and it's one of those things where I think... You know, I make the joke about like, I'm very, like we bring up robots. Like I think like, oh, I would love to have a little robot. Yeah. I love all of the, um, oh my God, I'm going to forget the name of uh, the robot dog company right now. Right. I'm not sure. You know what I'm talking about? The ones that they use in Black Mirror. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's the company called that's been doing all the robot animals and the ones that fall over and they're. Yeah, I've seen them. Oh gosh, I can't remember now and I'm going to be embarrassed about it. Someone's going to be like, I can't believe you didn't remember that. But, um. <laughs> I love them and I retweet about them all the time because yeah. I think they're amazing and would love one. And it's one of those weird things with technology where like I feel like super involved in it. But when you talk about acting, also I get the, if you see most of my credits, they're like bionic archer, yep. cyborg this. Exactly. I was, I was, A lot I was, of I was adjectives. In, in the Hunger Games and yep. things like that. It's always something Arm robotic related. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping I this past year I had my first role that didn't have to do with my arm. Yeah. I booked my first. I obviously had audition for quite a bit, you know, that was not arm related. Like my agent would get me an audition for something that wasn't specifically, you know, looking for someone with a limb difference or a prosthesis. Yeah. But I didn't book one until this past year. Um, and it was exciting. My Congrats. mom was like, you're just clerk. And I'm like, yeah. I'm excited about just being clerk because I'm not bionic clerk or flower clerk, but yeah. I'm not bionic flower clerk. I'm not, you know, robotic flower, amputee flower clerk. Yeah. It was the idea that I got to just be a person yeah. that has this, yeah. you know, that's yeah. an attribute about myself. And, you know, I love being, you know, the cyborg archer or the bionic archer and all yeah. that. I think it's important for representation. Like we said, you know, you want sure, it to be it's, represented. It's great to have... To represent and it not be your defining yes, factor. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm six foot four, but I'm not listing any of my roles as tall, John. Or t- you know, it's, it's really? not, there's not, there's you not this descriptive one? thing. Exactly. So, yeah, it feels important in that way. Um, well, we're at the hour mark, so I'll start to wrap up. But uh, I've got a couple of things I wanted to get. And one just came up after a phone. It's a really odd question. But have you had any issues or, or is there anything that you have to go through in filming? Mm-hmm. That you have to clear anything about your arm, just because I, the first the, the first film I ever did, I had to have tattoos. a few of my tattoos yeah. covered up because of apparently it all came about when the the Hangover films came out and the tattoo artist who did Mike Tyson's right. tattoo sued them because he was like, "That's my art that you're right. using," which is again, it's a tribal. It's the most not in a rude way. It's not the most original yeah, thing. Yeah, right, but, right. 
it meant that tattoos had really to be cleared and things it, yeah. like that because someone else owns them. What's the deal with the people who, who make your so arms? So if you can see like now, I do have two different hands that I wear. I yeah. have a logo yeah. across the hand. So I actually have covered it now, Yeah. Um, which has gone better on film sets. Yeah. Um, I have one, though, that does have the logo. And a lot, obviously the company who makes my hand would love, you know, my hand to be in yeah. most things. Um, obviously... I haven't done anything that was a questionable, like yeah, yeah. me spinning my finger and like flipping anybody off yeah, or anything yeah. like that or using any illegal substances with my prosthesis so yeah. far in a film. But yeah, there has been the idea that they would rather me wear this with the logo covered. Yeah. Now, if you know anything about prosthetics, like if, if a person who is a prosthetist or a user of devices sees this hand, they know exactly what hand it is. Yeah. They're going to know it's the B-Bionic. There's only really four options of hands right now that do what this hand does. Yeah. So it's funny that they do make me cover it. But other than that, right, I can't. Um, I have like a little logo on here now that says Steeper, which is the people who make my battery system. And it's been the idea that um, first film I did, first speaking role was on a film called The Accountant with, yep. with Ben Affleck. I love um, that. Yeah. My part was cut, obviously, because that's the life of an actor. Yeah. But um, I got the role to, I was talking about in King Arthur, right out to cover up my tattoos. Right. Cut, cut yeah. out of it completely. And they don't tell 100%. you, right? Never tell you. I was literally. It's it's a bizarre one because I got an invite. The premiere. To, to the premiere. And I thought it's because I'm in it, but it's because of the podcast. So I get invited oh, to premieres and that now. So oh. I got the invite and I was like, exciting. And I'm, I messaged a few of the, the, the rest of the cast. And, and, and they're like, oh, there's a, a, a cast and crew one the night before. You should come to that. So I emailed about that. And then uh, someone in production said, oh, we meant to let you know. Okay. Um, you're not in it. <laughs> you're taking yeah. that off. Nobody out. let me like, know. Nobody <laughs> let me know. I went to the premiere in LA. Um, uh, and... What it ha- I, so, but this is my first ever speaking part um, for a union SAG job. Yeah, it got me into yeah, the union yeah, yeah. Um, in the U.S., what we have, the Screen yeah. Actors Guild. And I did an improv because obviously they didn't know about my arm and the whole shot was about my arm. Yeah. as robotics lab patient, right? Yeah. Um, with John Lithgow. Wow. My first wow. ever speaking Amazing. part was I got to improv with John Lithgow and literally in between takes I'm explaining to him how my hand works so he could like repeat it back and forth yeah. and then I had to act like I was like, oh wow, like didn't so know what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, but yeah. of course it got cut. But yeah, like it's it became that they, that was the first time I realized there was a problem and they took um, uh, some type of vinyl wrap or right. almost like a electrical tape looking and had to cover my logo. Crazy, and that was the first time that that yeah. was a problem. But I've had so many people be like, how do you feel about being branded? And it is a little weird. Yeah. You know, just going around in my, not even just on film sets, but yeah, just in, in my daily life. life you've got like, this, yeah, this like tag I'm, on you that you've, you've not chosen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different if you're wearing a shirt. That's Nike, yeah, you've, Nike you've, something. You've yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, I'll wrap things up on, you've also, I want things, as soon as I kind of, I read that original South by Southwest story, I started to look around your Twitter and stuff like that and just seeing all the amazing different cosplay stuff that yeah. you've got to do that 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 uses your 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 advantage I yeah. guess in, yeah. in, in those areas to go look I can I can do something I really crave so how fun has that been in in empowering yeah. and just having a a mess about. So I'm from New Orleans yeah. and a big part of our culture is dressing up for yeah. everything, whether yeah, yeah, Mardi yeah, Gras, yeah. anything. Obviously the best time I'm going to tell you right now to go to New Orleans is Halloween. Yeah. And right. we love to dress up. And I had been dressing up my whole life for different things and I don't think I realized 
until I saw a character that was an amputee that I could do this. And my first one I saw was Planet Terror. One of the Grindhouse yeah. films was yeah. Rose McGowan yeah, with the, yeah, with yeah, the machine gun leg. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to have a machine gun arm. And I was 18, and that was my first time doing it. Amazing. And I remember being like, this is cool. Yeah. You know, I was so excited that... No one else can do yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> like... I, I had to Google, obviously, a lot of ways that people had done this costume. And, of yeah. course, it was finding ways to hide their arms. Same thing with Furiosa. Obviously, yeah. I've done Furiosa. Yeah. And all of the um, tutorials on how to create this arm were all about how to hide your arm. And I was like, ha, ha, got him there. The yeah, but my hard part is finding. Skip to point five. <laughs> yeah. My hard part is was finding a way to make the socket, right? Like yeah. I said, we have a specialist that typically makes a socket. Yeah. So it ended up being that my prosthetist would send me extra or test sockets so Amazing. I could make these devices so, so i've gotten to do some really really cool ones um adventure time was one that went yeah, really well yeah, yeah, yeah i did a cool thin fiona one that was the tree branch arm and i got such a cool reaction from that one from so many people um furiosa was obviously one i was really excited to do and in that one i had someone help me and we made a actual body powered arm that worked wow um it had like knife fingers it had everything it Amazing. was really cool it's a little heavy though um, it wouldn't be my everyday arm i was gonna say did it tempt you to go out crime fighting or anything seriously again, if you've built this arm that can genuinely i don't know if you've seen um so i did merle from walking dead obviously yep. i would have done comic rick but i knew nobody at the comic cons really would <laughs> No, and I didn't feel like explaining myself. But, um, yeah, and I've done – I did this one recently. There's a comic book series by Dana Warren Johnson um, called Extremity. And the main character, her name is Thea, and she has this massive sword arm. And that was one of the most fun ones I did because I showed up to a conference that he was at. And I remember I was standing in line to meet him, and the first person moved out of the way. And just seeing his face of, like, you're Thea. Like, you know, he was so excited – Except for, obviously, I'm switched. She's missing her right arm. I'm missing my oh, left right. arm. Yeah, yeah. And so he sat down and he drew me a wow. variant of Thea missing her left arm. And that meant That's so much stunning. to me. Yeah. But I did a little fun photo shoot for Thea in New Orleans. And we, my friend Hannah, um, she goes by Hannah Pickle for online, did this cool photo shoot. We were on top of some cool buildings in New Orleans, a little bit dystopian looking. Yeah. I was walking around New Orleans wearing a sword arm. Yeah. So by the end of the day, I had some security guards following me. Yeah, and so you just yeah, said you wanted to, wanted to do some crime fighting. I was like, I think I'd, I'd end up getting in trouble if I tried to yeah. <laughs> get any crime solved. You, at, at those events, do, do you have any awkwardness of people trying to figure out how you've concealed oh, your arm? Or something like that time. having to go... I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so I obviously I did an Army of Darkness, like the Evil Dead yep. chainsaw arm. And that Brilliant. was the first main time that I had... People walk past me like, how did you get your arm in there? I'm like, well, first, I didn't. So I don't have an arm. Um, I also work at a haunted house. Well, I had didn't last year because I was out in L.A. for pilot season. But I work at um, – I had worked at a haunted house in Baton Rouge called the 13th Gate, which is like one of the top-rated haunted houses in the U.S. Amazing. And I cut off my arm every night with a kitchen knife, which I know I – if you don't like gore, but if you want to look it up, Google Evil Dead uh, 13th Gate, and you can see a really cool promo for it. Wow. But um, – so many people will just like I'll start and they'll all be like, "Oh, cut off your arm," because they think that it's real. Yeah. And then I'll pull out of this little device that I have, and all of a sudden everyone stops and they're like, "No, but where? No, where's but the, how's that? Where is your <laughs> arm?" And then someone will be like, "Oh, it's behind her." And then I'll kind of like lift my arm, and they're like, 
it's I had one person say it's CGI. And I had everything in me to not break character and I be like, it. Do you know, Do you know what CGI is? how that works? You know you're in real life right yeah. now, right? It's been super empowering and also I think it's really important just to draw attention to how many limb different characters we actually have. Yeah. You know, obviously I online talked about wanting to be in Star Wars for so many years, like yeah. Skywalkers are bad at keeping hands. Yeah, I'd be yeah, a perfect yeah, yeah, one, right? Yeah. So it was so funny that I was like, I would love to audition for something like that. The idea that we'd actually have someone with a limb difference playing these type of characters. And love it. we're, um, I'm going to Dragon Con, which is a Comic-Con in Atlanta right after I get back. I fly right. back to the States on Sunday. And I'm doing, uh, my friend Trace is helping me do a costume, which is McCree from Overwatch. Right, wow. So the Cowboys. I've got a really cool costume planned. I've also done, hoping to do a Jedi Leia at some point. Um, I have some really cool stuff planned. I've just been traveling so much, it's hard. And I'm very picky about my costumes. I want it to be spot on, accurate. I don't really like, I mean, I totally think there's a room for doing whatever kind of sexy costume you want to do, but I'm like more so like, I want this to be dead on. I want to do a Jamie Lannister, yeah, like the gold hand Jamie yeah, Lannister, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't want it to be um, the one where he wears the hand around the neck. That's the easy one. I want it to be full armor. So I want to be able to build something that's yeah. like beautiful and strong. Yeah. Right. I don't like playing the victim ever, yeah, no, obviously. Completely. So I want my characters that I play to be these strong, empowered characters and you know, getting to do that. I did a, you know, I did a Rick and Morty once. I did a Rick where, you know, with a fruity land Rick, which was fun. But yeah. I don't know. It's just exciting to have these characters and hopefully there'll be more, you know. And again, I, I love it because exactly as you said, it's jumping into them and doing them properly. Yeah. There's, there's a thing when, when in the UK, we kind of got re-energized about Halloween from American films. Right. But it suddenly became this sexy Halloween yeah and it kind of ruined it a bit because it's not these gory um, it's meant to be scary and horrible and that's what I love about kind of that approach of going no it'd be easy to do it this way I'm going to make it really real and do this and yeah that's what I I I I put too much pressure on myself to make it really good but at the same time seeing it all come together is always worth it and you know and having the people go wow like how did you do all that yeah and then especially having people say, like, especially when I do it myself as a one-handed person, they're yeah. always very surprised that I yeah. was able to accomplish so much. So I think that's also part of it, too, is just kind of breaking down a lot of, like, the stereotypes within building the costume as it's, well as wearing it. It's beautiful when you can find things that you really enjoy that then, as a byproduct of that, right. are empowering. Like, I've, I've, I've got a stutter, and I don't think about it at all. But I get messages every now and then saying... Oh, you do a podcast and you do all this stuff with your voice, even though you've got a star. And I can't claim that I did any of it to right. be strong and empowering. Right. I did it because I enjoy it and it's right. exciting. But <laughs> if the byproduct is that someone goes, oh, look, that's amazing that you're embracing the costumes mm-hmm. and doing all cool stuff with 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 your limb, and then that's, that's you're changing the right. opinion without with the you know possibly negative opinions of something without really. You know, making that your goal. You're like, I'm just being me. And through enjoying yourself. Yeah. yeah I'm having perfect. a good time being myself. And I'm glad that that's making a positive change. Yeah. So so I'll wrap things up. Uh, where can people find you on social media and stuff like that? I know, you know, I'm going to speak directly now. I know a fair few casting directors will listen to this. So 
take note of the of, of the social media contacts and and keep in mind. It's funny because my username I made when I was nineteen, so it's A A N N G G E E four L's for Twitter and Instagram. But if you just search Angel A N G E L space Jafria G I U F F R I A, it'll come up. Yeah. As well as you can find me on IMDb. Yeah. Spotlight. Um, Perfect. Any of the other, I, I have Facebook as well, so Angel yeah. Jafria actress. Um, and I love social media, so I post quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and it's just important, I think, to have keep people up to date on life, you know, as a person with a difference. And hopefully, you know, it'll make some kind of positive impact. It's it's a big difference on social media. I've, in, in the past, I've had people ask me to speak at conferences mm-hmm. now on how to work social media well. And I've always turned it down because it's exactly as you said there. You've got to enjoy it. Right. The reason I've got a good following on social media is because... I'm addicted to it. I use it all the time. Yeah. I post a lot and it's always, oh, I want to share this. It's right. not, what can I do to improve my brand or this right. or that. It's like, oh, this is exciting and post it and go. So that enthusiasm in there makes... Yeah, That's makes what's been a hard thing for me is the people have talked recently a lot about the brand and, and maybe why it does get a little bit stressful for me sometimes. Like my brand is me. Yeah. Like I am a hundred percent me all the time. Yep. And if you see me posting something, it's not because I have some sort of other goal or yep. whatever. It's because that's just my day and how I think I doing. saw you post one. And I'd had, had similar. I'd, I, I went for a period of posting a lot about Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Cause it's my yeah. favorite ice cream and Domino's. Cause they're the only one I've got local who deliver. Right. And I had people say, you never used to do paid posts. And all this kind of thing. I was like, Mate, I didn't even get the pizzas for free. I've paid I for this is all of this. Like, I wish they were sponsoring me. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of places that, um, like, there's some chocolates that I, I, see, like. I saw a chocolate yeah. on your post, and then you were like, that looks like it's advertised post, but it's just <laughs> like that chocolate. Unfortunately, no one's giving me free chocolate. <laughs> I wish, but, um, but yeah, same thing with, like, you know, just you have to love it. Like yeah. you said, you have to love and care about something and, you know, be supportive of whatever you have going on. And that's my big thing recently is um, when we talk about I do get a lot of roles based on my arm or my limb difference. And I have a lot of friends now who are, are also actors, um, could be femme that wear prostheses or don't have arms that are getting into the industry. And they're all very nervous about stepping on my toes. Yeah. And the idea is like the whole reason I'm here is because I also want representation. Yeah. Obviously, I would love to work. I love my job. Yeah, I would love to audition. But the idea is I'm not going to be right for everything. And if, Completely. you know, the idea is that we need to have more of us just generally shown. Um, so I'm really big on supporting and kind of pushing and showing other people. Like Kelly Knox is a model yeah. here from that just did a big Primark ad that's right. missing her arm. And you know, I think she's amazing and does all these cool things and I really supportive of her. So I think social media has been a great way also to kind of point people in the right direction of other people they can, yeah. you know, check out and hopefully draw some sort of not just inspiration for the sense of like, look how great they're doing. I could be doing great too, but inspiration in the sense of this is so cool that our world is so diverse and people have so many different abilities that I didn't realize. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, thank you very much for uh, for giving me your time and uh, yeah it's it's been a pleasure yeah thank you so much thank you you've been listening to Scrooge Pit 
There we go. I told you it was that good an episode, didn't I? I mean, I think in the intro I said Angel's surname th- three different o- o ways, but thankfully she clears it up quite early on. Angel Jafria. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that as much as as much as I did. I was really hyped about it. And again, I joke at the end there, but I do know that some great casting directors are, are listened to this, and um, I know that that Shaheen listens every now and then. I know that Dan Hubbard listens every now and then. I know that Reg Perskow Edgerton listens every now and then. Um, and they're some of the best of the best. I think some people in Nina Gold's office listen every now and then. So that's top end. And Angel's amazing. And is all she's. I mean, I. I look at me out here trying to plug a young lady that's already been in uh, Hunger Games and The Accountant and huge things, and I've done like a couple of TV shows and a couple of f- films. I'm out here acting as if I'm um, I'm Tom Cruise uh, letting the, down the rope a ladder to help someone up. But no, also all of those guys cast me as well. Don't forget me. Don't forget about little old Pip. Anyway, this is a weird ending now. Um, if you've managed to listen this far, I'm just going to let you know. Um, no, I'm going to keep it hidden on the... I told the Patreon that I would keep it a secret. So if you want to find out who next week's guest is, you just wait a week and you'll find out. It's not that big a deal. But you could pay 80p, have a little scroll back and uh, and see on the Patreon. And I, I, originally I wasn't going to be doing much on patreon.com slash Pip. The point of it was just to support if you wish to support, but... I kind of, that week of doing only Patreon, it kind of, yeah, it got me into it. So you will see some posts on there every now and then. So, um, yeah, go and give that a look. And you can pledge more than a, a dollar a month if you want. You can pledge two if you feel that is, is something that would go out of your account without you noticing. You can pledge three, four, if you feel those are amounts that aren't going to impact you hugely. And that's what I want. I only want, that's all, that's all I'm asking for. I don't want to be be taken out of your your kitty or your your important money for important sh- sh- shit. That's that that that's why this remains free. Everything remains free. There's no change here. It's just an option. Anyway, rambling on. I will see you all next week for a hell of a guest, and then hopefully see some of you at the book club uh, the weekend after that. But yeah, until then, ta ta.